Welcome to Conversations with Grace, where we talk about important things that impact our everyday life. Our aim is to encourage Christians to think biblically and talk about Jesus. My name's Nathan Oliver. I'm a pastor in Adelaide at Kings Baptist Church, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Chris Swan. Chris, how you doing? Hey, Nathan. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, yeah, house full of sickness, plague house here at the moment, but uh, I'm, I'm the last man standing and I'm feeling okay. That could be the painkillers I took just recently, or it could be the Lord's great provision for me. Who knows? Oh, wow. We'll find out. There you go. There you go. Is it, uh, is it COVID? Well, not as far. We've had all the tests, all the different ways you can do it. You know, yeah. saliva rat, up the nose rat, PCR, wow. all negative. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe wow. someone at church oh, was right. positive on the weekend. So, you know, okay. there's that. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully you can uh, keep out of that trouble. Um, anyway, moving on to, <laughs> on to some other things. It's a really exciting episode today uh, because we're chatting about a question that I think about all the time. The question is, should Christians be nice? And the reason I think about it is because it comes up. I actually think this question comes up a lot, whether it's mm. it's not usually stated, but it's sort of inferred a lot of the time, right? Sometimes it's said something like, um, that's not nice or something like that. And usually in response to me saying something uh, maybe I shouldn't say. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll see what happens. But even more exciting than that, uh, we're joined by a special guest, Steve McAlpine. So Steve is a pastor, author, blogger. In fact, Steve wrote the Australian Christian Book of the Year um, last year for his book, Being the Bad Guys. And we are so, so uh, lucky to have him sharing with us today. Welcome, Steve. Oh, it's great to be with you. And I, uh, yeah, being nice and being the bad guys is something, uh, there's something in the middle there somewhere. Hopefully the yeah. conversation will bring it up. Yeah. Quite sure. As I was thinking about it, I thought, you're kind of like an expert in this topic. Yeah. <laughs> Depends who you ask. Okay. <laughs> is that offensive for me to say that? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Okay. Well, well let's sorry, jump into do the you mean, Do you mean, Nathan, an expert in being a bad guy or an expert in being a nice guy? Well, maybe that's the actual question to figure out. Like, mm. what is that line, you know, between the bad guy, the nice guy? I don't know. Um mm. Are you saying so bad and not nice aren't the same thing? I don't know. Uh, like, what, what do we mean by nice is my question, I guess, as we kick off. Okay. You know, I've, okay. I've, I've dipped my hand into the urinal of Twitter uh, kind of <laughs> uh, recently and uh, the, Tim Keller's in trouble for being a nice guy. He's like the ultimate Christian nice guy and he's getting attacked oh. even in these wow. last yeah. couple of weeks for being... He's nice. His his niceness doesn't match the the season we're in. Uh, that where where we need to fight a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'm just conflict averse and mm. don't like fighting. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to work all this out. I guess. Mm. So what you're saying is some people on Twitter say things that are, you know a bit mean sometimes. <laughs> Occasionally, I've noticed that. I've just picked that up. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news breaking news if only you had 44 billion dollars you could buy twitter and make it the land of nice oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what'll happen maybe that's what'll happen maybe that's the mm. plan from elon musk so i reckon for whatever reason this is i just want to frame the conversation and just see what you think about this mm. for whatever reason there's something in our aussie christian culture where we've equated like niceness with love right 
I reckon that's the joint. I re- so so when we talk about God is loving, therefore Christians are loving, we, we like equate that with niceness. That you, you can't say that, you can't do that unless it's nice. Do you, do you see where that comes from or do you get what I'm saying about that? Yeah, I, I reckon that, don't you? Because you think of, I'm old enough to remember the shift, right? So the Christians when I was at high school were the, the lamos, right? Right. And now, and now the, it depends on the school you go to. If you go to, mm. I'd say if you're in Mount Druitt in Sydney, going to school as a Christian, you still might be the lame because there's a socioeconomic thing going on there. But as mm. you go towards the city, Christians are seen as part of the dangerous, nasty problem in the culture in yeah. terms of some of the things they believe. No matter how mm. nice you try to come across, you look like the smiling racist, I think. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think, totally. I think totally. Th- th- that's a shift, I think, in 40 years because I think there's mm. a, you think about this, um, it, it feels like 40 years ago there was a way of being a not Christian that's different to what being a not Christian is now. They're, they're just different ways of thinking that the way you were not Christian 40 years ago was in a kind of Christian, you, your lodestar was Christianity. And you say, well, that's good and that's right, but I'm not quite that, I'm, uh, sort of different to that, and now it's mm. like, well, Christianity is mm. really a dud. We've got to sloth that off. It's got lots of problems. It's not a, it's not nice in how it treats, mm. treats mm. people. And I think mm. that's the discombobulation issue. I reckon we do with. Yeah. So simply yeah. by nature of being Christians, there's no escaping. You're not nice. Like today, is that that's what you're saying? Yeah, a, a like little bit. In, in the reckon, in the world's eyes. Me. Yeah, the world's eyes. I, look, I think there's a difference between little C Christian Christianity and big C Christianity. Right. So a friend of mine who I think I'd like to interview about this as well myself uh, works in a legal setting in a social justice very lefty setting and she's a Christian, she's from the UK and uh, being a Christian for her and her setting can be fraught and it's caused a few problems but people come back and say, oh, I'm sorry about that, I, I, I reacted angrily to what I think you believe mm. but I realise mm. that's not who you are and in one sense it's like... The big C abstract Christianity has been really, really bad, but the average Christian I meet, they're not too bad, you know, mm-hmm. face-to-face, mm-hmm. apart from mm-hmm. on Twitter, you know. Mm-hmm. Where we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our Christians are, never mind how Christians in the world operate, it's Christians aren't being particularly nice to each other, if, you know, especially that Twitter stuff around mm-hmm. Keller. That was mm-hmm. that that drowned out a conversation with just nastiness, I thought. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so, uh, it's so interesting, isn't it? There are some quarters or... or sections of the culture where there is that real uh the assumption even if people as you say with your friend kind of come back with oh that's what i thought you believed and and uh but you know i was reacting to that rather than to you and um it's just it's such an interesting i've heard someone describe it as like a like society is like a spa bath where there are some bubbles of that kind of hostility that are jetting out, and then there's other bubbles that are quite different. And you know, I think about some of my experiences in the inner north of Melbourne, and it's it's really mixed, right? I can catch it's election week, I catch the tram down into the city, and there's posters everywhere from the Reason Party, formerly the Sex Party, saying tax the church, right? It's the, it's bubbles of of hostility and 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 you know assumptions about what the church is, and then there's other quarters even within the same context where People are really either just curious or open or don't have any kind of background. And, uh, yeah, like I remember uh, conversations with people who sort of discovered that my 
my wife and I were Christians when she was studying at, at Melbourne University and other postgrads, and they were just like, oh. And it wasn't like a, okay, here we go, you're a hater and let's it was it was questions and tell what does that mean and what what do you believe about this and what do you think about that and and they just didn't have a lot of background even uh and they just yes yeah, it's, it's kind of just an interesting mix even one one thing my wife's in a group of um uh kind of feminist mums this is the most Melbourne thing possible, right? In, in a north <laughs> I love feminist this. mums, right? An online group uh, started by a famous Australian feminist who you might expect to be pretty anti-Christian, uh, but she mm-hmm. goes into bat for the Christians wow. in the group. Wow. Uh, and and when people start saying church, all Christians are bad or the church is bad, she pushes back. Uh, very pu- mm. not a Christian herself. Um, but very publicly sort of defensive and know they, you know, they believe in justice. And uh, and so it's, just, it's such a, like, but you never know what you're going to get, it seems like, which which yeah, of the extremes yeah. is going to be hitting you. And that, yeah. that's why I think people are nervous, right, because mm. um, they're going, oh, the last conversation I had with someone who was gay, it was fine, mm. and we have a good conversation, and suddenly I go to my workplace or something and I get absolutely slammed because someone's yeah. going, you are part of the problem here. And so yeah. everyone's sort of, there's no rules. It feels like, mm. it, and it, it's in, don't you reckon the secular uh, writers who are pro-Christian but not Christ, but not Christian, so like mm. Tom Holland, mm. you, you, we're kind of peeking from, from around the side of them a little bit, aren't we going, see, he thinks we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I, I wonder if, that, do, do you see what a, how that yeah, works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do, I do see that, and I, I secretly sort of enjoy that when I find those people out there who are, you know, batting for us, but maybe even aren't on the same team, right? Mm-hmm. But we might be veering off into the question, like talking about, um, do people think Christians are nice, as opposed to should Christians be nice? Mm-hmm. Because all it takes is for someone to open up the Bible and go, "What about that? What about that bit?" You know what I mean? There's plenty in there. There's lots of talk about God's love. But then you, you might flip to a page that says, you know, unless you hate your mother and father, you can't be my disciple. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, So how would you, I don't know, what do you do with that? Like, Yeah. Look, I think there's a brand of Christianity, a much, a much more muscular brand of Christianity that's saying revels in the, the narkiness. And I'm mm-hmm. very cautious about that. And I grew up in Northern Ireland. So if, you know, reveling and narkiness, they're two words that spring to mind because we could do that. And Northern Irish Christianity, especially evangelical Christianity, has not borne good fruit the last 10 to 15 years because of that. They mm-hmm. had a power position and they weren't nice, I think. Mm. In some, not all of them, but that's not mm. true. But there's a, a revision going on. Mm. And I think you look at the Bible and you go, it's pretty challenging, but it's not just that I look at those passages of the Bible and go, see you people out there. It, it points to me first and foremost, like, wow, what am I? Mm. And and then the nice question comes up. And for me, it's the confusion at the moment is, does winsomeness mean, and this is something that probably Tim Keller was you know, maybe misquoted on, that winsomeness means just rolling over on some of the cultural hot-button topics in order not to get flayed mm. versus... Uh, how do we traverse those things? Because Mark Sayers, you know, he, he'd be the quintessential guy who can read the culture where it's coming and going. And he, mm-hmm. and he says, doesn't he, that you can join all the justice movements of the day and sign off on all the pop culture issues and read every magazine and know every Netflix thing. But if, you sign, if you're signed up to Jesus exclusivity or questions around sexual ethics, 
you're kind of a bad boy or a bad girl. And mm. it's, it's, it's it, a, is nice about what we perceive ourselves to be or is it someone is taking offence at this so you couldn't be nice? It, the, I think that's why we're confused about the question of how Christians are supposed to be nice, I think. Mm-hmm. 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 I, this reminds me of your book, Being the Bad Guys. Uh, you kind of begin with a premise. That's, that's, that's like different from the movie, it. yeah. That's not the movie with the cartoon <laughs> characters. I, I'm, I'm going to sue I'm going to to leave that in because I just want to see what happens. (laughs) So, but in your book, you sort of begin with that premise and it's almost like helping Christians just get that, just, just sort of, okay, we live in a world where we are the bad guys, right? And you Mm. kind of, you kind of reference like what Mark says is saying there a little bit uh, to help us sort of get that feeling. I wonder how much of that, that sort of identity we embrace because we feel the culture that we're swimming in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you kind of need to toughen up. You need to have that macho sense a little bit just to exist and hold on to your beliefs. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying it's good. I think people swing that way because everything is going against them. Mm. And then the other people swing the other way. There's this sort of delicate middle that's really hard to maintain Mm. where, you know, you kind of, you want to be nice, you know what I mean, and hold to your Christian values and what you believe the Bible is saying. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think about that? Oh, that that is the the big question, I think, because um, the 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 issue for me is if you feel like you're the condemned man already, you you might start going out swinging. You know, you might, I'll give you some yeah. truths on the way out, and, and mm. I feel there's a little bit of that. Mm. That if you're going to get punched down on, you might as well flail around a little bit and to swing yeah. some haymakers and mm. the tension for me is always you can't go past jesus when he was reviled he did not revile and again mm. against mm. the people who reviled him but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly and and that is hard to do if you're a slightly hot-blooded you know reactionary and lots of christians can tend to be that and, and mm. social media amplifies that a little bit and yeah. if you're a little bit lip, if I, like me, if you're a little bit lippy, you can come on and you can cut people down, and and I think you've got to be really careful about. It. But you can see why because they're going, well, what's the point of being nice anyway? Because people aren't asking Christians, oh, what's what do you believe about dinosaurs? They're right, they're cutting <laughs> straight to the ethical questions, question yeah. one, and mm-hmm. then they're mm-hmm. that's the shibboleth, and so you go, well, if I'm already the smiling racist, so to speak. Well, what's the point of even trying to be winsome about anything else? I'm already right. on the wrong side of it, right? Yeah, and I think that's that's that emotional turmoil mm. that I think Christianity in general is going through, and a lot of Christians mm. feel. Mm. Yeah, well, that's yeah, not, yeah, that's not like that. This particular form of it is novel, but it's not certainly not alien to the pages of the New Testament. You were just quoting from First Peter, and there's yeah. there's Christians under all sorts <clears throat> of pressure socially and hauled up before the courts and we know we read from just after the new testament you know the roman governors who want to work out what's going on with these christians so they they arrest a few and torture them just to you know properly find out what's going on and turns out what they do you know they discover that christians are doing such dramatic things as singing hymns to jesus and um, you know, making making pacts to be godly in their behavior and terrible things like that, which torture mm-hmm. extracted, um, and and just seems to me that there's a, it's interesting, isn't it? In First Peter, they're, they're they're under pressure, and what they're called to do is not 
not to be naive about that, not to assume, oh, everyone's going to love you in the culture, but to adopt a particular stance that that I would, I mean, that when I think of winsomeness and people like Keller, I'm I'm thinking of that kind of thing, you know, to be the people who give no cause, you know, yes, they get persecuted, but they're not giving people a reason to do that. They're, yeah. they're, they're actually giving, giving them something different. Yeah, and the, t- the tension is in one respect that, and I, uh, this is probably where what you Keller said versus what everyone on Twitter said he said <laughs> um, <laughs> was in one sense Christianity's moved from being mocked in the modern setting because let's face it, I think we were, the, the Christian framework and the moorings, as Tom Holland said, have hung on for a long time. When mockery moves when it moves from mockery, cultural mockery, to legislative hostility, something has changed. Right. And I think there's something in the air that makes us think, well, hang on, it's not quite like it used to be. Mm. But at the same time, that doesn't give me a hall pass to become a culture warrior. And yes, Yes. that's the hard bit to to navigate, I think. Yeah. And how are you going to do that over the next 30 years is going to be critical. Now, part of the issue is, Everyone says, oh, those young generation, a bunch of uh, snowflakes. I actually think my generation's the snowflakes because we're the people that had it good for a while and now we're kicking and screaming because in our 40s and 50s, it's oh, it's going to get hard. Whereas my 21-year-old daughter went, hey, it's hard. That's just mm. what life is. Mm. And mm. she's in that one Peter experience mm. Uh, mm. more than I am because I had a little taste of being nice. Right. Right. And now she's going at doing a liberal arts degree at Notre Dame University. It's they can sniff it out, <laughs> you know. Mm. So she's like, how do I navigate this space as a Christian? And yes. that's, I think, the, the complex bit for her and her generation. So mm. how do you, what's your advice to her, you know, or people like her? Well, I, I, I think two things. You don't have to go out to go, you don't have to be a culture warrior on it. Uh, and you might just, we might just lose some stuff. You might just have to be shamed for no good reason because, and in one sense, that's the thing that, that generation struggles with the most is being publicly shamed. And right. for a young Christian person to say, look, this is what we hold to, but if you had time for me to unpack why my vision of human flourishing is the way it is, we could talk about it, but this is a 20-second sound, you know, soundbite mm. age. Mm. And so you're not being given that time. But in one sense, I've said to her, look, uh, Surprise! You know she loves reading Virginia Woolf. She writes great essays on those sorts of things, and her lecturers love her. I want them to be. Oh, how could you be a Christian? You know, you, you, mm. you've got this perspective on feminism from the nineteen twenties that I kind of agree with. <laughs> and uh, how could you be Christian? And I want that to be confusing to them in that mm. sense, mm. rather than just uh, worrying for my daughter. So I think mm. there's opportunities, but the sliver of time to have the I'm a Christian, but I'm not. You know, a rat bag, it, it narrows because of the way right. we operate today, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. I hear that and I, I see how that works on an intellectual level, right? Mm. What about on a heart level? Like what about, not that the heart and our intellect are separate necessarily, but do you know what I'm saying? Like what, what about for the person who's like, I, what's the ad campaign for being a Christian today in that sort of world? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you... <laughs> Christianity, it doesn't suck. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a that is that's a really good uh, that would be a great uh, project 
to put together to say what is the ad campaign for Christianity? You yeah. know, when it's off, when it's not just off the boil, but it's mm-hmm. when it's on the nose. Yeah, and, and yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that that's the critical issue. And the ad, uh, and Mark says again, we're looking for the killer app to sort it out, and it's not it's not going to be a short term mm. uh, solution. Mm. I think. Mm. And f- the stuff I'm writing at the moment is saying. Um, somehow, somewhere along the line, the bodies of the post-Christian culture will wash up on our shores at yeah. the door of the church. And if they're coming in going, hey, aren't you, you Christians, these types of people, and you go, actually, this is what forgiveness looks like. Mm-hmm. This is Because it's it's not like mm. anyone's nice at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get yeah. done over and you totally. get absolutely laid yes. Yes. And culturally. Mm-hmm. Well, does that mean then... Maybe like we need to be less loud on certain topics. Do we need to be strategic on what we talk about? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, I, that's I, that's because I that okay. So sorry, to keep referencing your book. I mean, I don't know if that's bad or not, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so that so when you said that in being the bad guys, right? That got me. Like the whole thing about uh, the anxiety of the generation that's sort of being raised up now, like they'll wash up on our shores. There's going to be an influx of people who are desperate for answers and hope and solution mm. um, who are currently riddled with anxiety and all of that, those kind of things. Like, okay, how do you, like what's this, so what's the strategic approach to not be the people who have turned them off already before they mm. even get to hear that good news? You know what I mean? Well, I think there's a, there's a two strategies going on, isn't there? And I think this is where people maybe misunderstand Keller. Like I think the... The idea that the church as the outpost of the kingdom has to be really strong in our heads, right? We have to look and smell and taste differently as a context. And what's in the can better be representative of what it says on the tin, right? Mm-hmm. Is it a place of holiness, but yes, but grace and wisdom and love and peace and truth. But there's a public theology that we play as well. So we are part of the public square. So it feels like there's a battle going on at yeah. that level. So yeah. it, for me, so for example, with uh, alternate ethical communities such as Christian schools, uh, that's where the a lot of the nice, nasty uh, narrative has been played out, is can secular culture have enough confidence in its pluralism to allow an alternate ethical community that it doesn't agree with on everything to exist and not just to exist but to be allowed to flourish. And I think it's it's in that space where the nasty Christian language is coming up and where it's hard to navigate how to be nice. Does nice mean we just say we believe everything, we allow everything, come in, come one, come all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the grey zone of not church, not world, but in a, in a a school which is sort of Christianized, mm. but it's got mm. open enrollment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's the hard place to do it, I think, because mm. mm-hmm. you, you're being it's, seen as exclusive. Yeah, mm. is it hard because it's such a? I mean, that that is that has, I like that language, alternate ethical community. Is that really to call it an alternative? Mm. Eth- yeah, mm. The, yeah. Because that's a. It's a such an like. It's not clean cut. It's neither. Well, it's it's the kind of lines up with kingdom values and the church and the rest of the culture is basically, you know, living in the shadow of some of this and and pretty much aligned, which I think you're right. That was, you know, this is the reason why my parents let me go to Sunday school as a kid because he'll get some mm. morals. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's not it's not the other side either. It's, it's not a kind of complete disconnect. They're these sort of halfway houses. They get some government funding. They're, they're mm. available for people to kind of, 
enter and they can satisfy the the government on it's ticking the boxes educationally, but it's also then not matching up with perhaps the some of the majority or the broader or the vocal minorities vision for for society it's it's different because it's matching the christian thing and it's just not it's not so neat right i think i think about more neat contexts Mm. worse contexts like we read about in the book of daniel right where Mm. god's people context that is the education system is completely owned by and a colonial power that's you know completely is attempting to re-educate all the citizenry uh, and and just the question of how, and it leads then very very straightforwardly in that in that book to believers ending up facing the the fire, the literal fire, right, and the lions mm. and all of that, uh, and and just you know what is it that that context is just cleaner cut in some ways than mm. this this kind of because we're in this post Christian context and there's still institutions that um, oh you know yes owe their roots to Christianity, universal education, um, but also the current form is sort of who who owns it and who does it have to satisfy, who are its mark. Jesus said some things about having two masters yeah. and maybe we're just <laughs> yeah. seeing that played yeah. out. Yeah, that's true. And so that's, I mean, such an interesting challenge to go, what does it, you know, what does it look like to help form, you know, I think about my kids because they're, they're right. right in the thick of this and we'll be in the thick right, of this. Right. Um, and they don't. I mean, they we we've just embraced Babylon. They go to a state school uh, in, in, a, in, in the north of Melbourne. You want to? Oh wow! There. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, like, but helping them, get, trying to give them the spiritual resources to to kind of live yeah. and unapologetically in a an alternative to li- live that alternative community and our family to be that effectively with hmm. any other Christians we can find and there are a few um, but we don't we're not we're not the whole institution isn't that we're, we're no, kind yeah. of aliens within a, a context yeah. like that yeah, I, look that, that's that's um, the school one is always interesting because I do think it's a test case and it has been a test case the last three four years um, for the yeah. you know the nasty Christians out there yeah. and now it, we haven't solved it, and I don't think we will solve it because it's bigger than a religious discrimination bill, mm. and it's just so much the cultural thing going on. The, the hard thing I think for Christians is that post-Christian, there's there's this uh, myth that somehow the Enlightenment would have come up with the ideas that Christianity gave the culture anyway, mm. and mm. Uh, it didn't, and it couldn't, and Greek Greco-Roman paganism wasn't looking to the future for a great, beautiful you know, history. It was looking to the past, mm. but mm. the golden age was behind it. And somehow the language has been a sort of acquiesced by the secular frame that Christianity gave it. And Ros Ward from Safe Schools Coalition, classic line, I will never stop fighting for a more free and, fair and joyful world. And I go, hey, there are words. Give those back. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so they've, it's like, We've given them, we've created the tools for that kind of uh, framework and they've taken those tools and said, thanks, we'll take it from here because you, you lot have been nasty. And we're going, oh, no, ours. And it sounds like special pleading. That's the problem, mm. I think. Mm. And mm. Christians are going, well, I've got to be winsome. So does that mean I don't say anything about anything that matters, given that half the Christians are going, don't say anything, we've just got to be loving. And the other half are saying, in order to be loving, we've got to say something. Oh, mm-hmm. All right. How to, mm. how to figure that out? Mm. Yeah, 
Well, can you answer that? How do you figure that out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's why, yeah, why, yeah. why can't it be both? It's like the, <laughs> it's like the taco shell ad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, like, because, and it is a little bit because you, you have to be careful how you speak. You will be answerable for every word that comes out of your mouth. Uh-huh. And in once you've got to be gentle with your opponents and correct. Uh, I think that's speaking about spiritually in the church. I don't think you have to necessarily you know, spend all your time thinking about what's going on out there. But at the same time, uh, that that whole idea that you can winsome it away has surely gone by the wayside because people are looking on and going, no yeah. matter what I say about this topic, if I hold this perspective on it, uh, because we are psychological selves, that's seen as violence and damage to people. Yeah. And there's nothing I can say that is not viewed as violence or damage if I hold to that perspective, no matter how nicely I put it. Mm. Yep. We're in a hard spot. Mm. Like that's the, uh, that's what I hear um, both of you saying a little bit. Yeah. It's like, well, should Christians be nice? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like, and, and the problem is that the culture we live in is tricky. Like at the end of the day, right? I'm trying yeah. to like dumb it down for people like me listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, inner North Melbourne's going to be your um, petri dish, isn't it? That's probably where it's going to be, isn't it? Don't well, you reckon? Okay. All right, I'll throw something else out there because my kids, we've gone the opposite. So yeah. I was raised in that sort of school, right? Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And somehow we've ended up in the complete opposite. <laughs> we've moved. <laughs> Our kids are now in the most Christian school I know. And it's fluffy and everything, but I think that's that's actually I, I find that trickier, actually, um, because finding the lines around what's the difference between following Jesus and just being nice, I actually think that that ends pretty hard. Like mm. to actually disciple my kids rather mm. than just sort of create a, you know, for lack of a better word, right. a Christian environment for them to grow up in. Do you know? Well, what I mean? look, yeah, and that's for Christian Smith's material. Uh, on uh, moralistic therapeutic deism comes in, doesn't it? Because yeah. I think you, if you, you don't want that for, mm. that's niceness, mm. but it's not the gospel. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's interesting that I listened to someone from McCrindle Research the other day, and even in across secular Australia's wealth, the, the place that people get their values most is their parents. That's the highest percentage by a right. long way. Everyone's yeah. saying, oh, the schools are out to get your kids. Well, if the place they get most of their frameworks from is home, they'll tick the school boxes, whatever they need to do for the essay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But their values are coming from home. It just, yes. there's just no way around that. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's critical. Right. And I, I, uh, thinking about Daniel again and his friends in Babylon, uh, I've heard, uh, John Tyson, he does this thing. I don't know. I, I don't, haven't crunched the numbers myself, but he's like, you look at how old Daniel was when he prayed his prayer in was it Daniel 9 and then you work back and and he was probably a kid he suggests at the time of King Josiah's reforms so this is a moment when Israel went from a kind of syncretistic maybe moralistic sort of deism that they they, you're going to have to explain those words at some point uh, yeah Yeah. sure we'll we'll (laughs) record a little extra thing where we So uh, in the episode, I used my nerd words and talked about syncretistic therapeutic deism. uh, And I wanted to just explain that. So this is a kind of approach to religion and to life where it's therapeutic. It's about feeling good. It's deism. God is 
real but not personal. God sort of set the universe up, wound it up, and uh, stood back and lets it go. And it's syncretistic. Syncretism is about mixing different religions. And so I give allegiance to God, but then I also adopt the values of others in, in the culture and the, the idols or, or God's family or of pleasure, uh, of career success, and sort of try and mix that together within my syncretistic, therapeutic days. <laughs> they, they, they were kind of broadly um, on board with the, the surrounding pagan kind of culture and adopting its practices, but had a sort of, yes, we honour God as God of all and and maybe mm. there's some moral behaviours, but it's not it's not real discipleship. It's not getting deep into people's hearts and lives. But But they were kids at the time when... King Josiah kind of recovered the book of the law and reformed mm. society. And, and John's particular perspective on this is um, they had a revival. And so these are kids who have experienced in their home the Christian or the biblical faith. They weren't Christians, people of Israel, right? But experienced that becoming real and actually changing people's lives and their whole culture and society in a very tangible way, um, and that's where they were brought up. That was their formative years. Mm. Can you ima- imagine carrying that then? I mean, th- this is because the question, yeah. yeah how how is it that these guys, you know, given Babylon ex- ex- exported, exiled, given different names, put through a different education system, what? How do they stand up and and mm. be different? Well, part of the reason could be to do with their early experiences in their family. With yeah. form, that formative context uh, and it, experiencing real faith mm. in a real God who was tangibly present uh, in a way that, that was kind of freshly discovered by by the generation Just of the parents. Reforms, yeah. And mm. that's where the Shema comes in and you write it on your, you know, your doorpost yeah. and you talk yeah. about your kids on the way. And for yeah. me, with my own kids, mm. you know, my, my daughter works at the church that I planted um, and... Uh, not in the role that I had, that would be apostolic succession of a way that I can't even begin to describe. But uh, <laughs> uh, it was the drives to school. It was the chats. And people mm. say, how did your daughter turn out so well-rounded about things? Benign neglect. You know, <laughs> I didn't push her too hard, but I just said, this will shape you as we spend time together talking through these things around mm-hmm. meals. Mm-hmm. And, and you think of Daniel... If, if that did happen, if those reforms changed how the language in his household, mm. by the time he gets to Babylon and he says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the king's food, yeah, where would he have learned to eat kosher? Mm. In day-to-day life, as he's eating and going, this is defiling, this is not defiling, this is a lesson, object lesson in what spiritual defilement is about, mm. That's embedded in me. So I can do mm. Babylonian Studies 101 and learn all the magic arts of the stars because I know where my frameworks are. Mm. And that makes mm. it uh, because it's embedded in me. And I think that's, mm. that's a critical issue. Mm. Mm. I love mm. where this conversation has gotten to. I love it. I didn't see us ending up in Daniel, uh, <laughs> but I love it. I love it because what we're saying is it's actually really hard to answer this question simply. There's a it's a cultural question as much as anything and therefore it's a, it requires a cultural response for us to mm. sort of create to develop to do something um that's not simple it's not straight answers it's it's a life it's a life lived yeah, mm. yeah. 
can I use this as a segue to shortcut? We want to talk about in, in this podcast, we want to talk about how the gospel is good news for us here. Mm. So we want to understand the gospel in the everyday context of life. What are some of the things that are coming to mind um, as you know, in this conversation when we're asking these questions? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, look, I, I think one of the issues for me, and I was, I'm giving a gospel presentation on Thursday to uh, Western suburbs, which is the inner north or the eastern suburbs of Sydney, inner north of Melbourne. So the Western suburbs are well healed, doing it at a golf uh, club dinner. So you can imagine what it's like, right? And the questions I'm raising um, are really around that sense of we, we live in this 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 sealed off dome of a world in which everything's transcendent and nothing's transcendent at the same time. The reason our topics are so hot button is because everything has the same level of intensity about it, every topic. Hmm. Yet at the same time, humans want to worship something or want to give full allegiance to something, but it feels like there's nothing beyond their dome in which to do that. Hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why topics have become so hot. So I'm, I'm trying to show how Jesus breaks through the dome right, and offers us worship of something that's actually where worship is worth going towards, which dials down the heat of the, the cultural engagement because what politics is God now because there's nothing, there's no ceiling above it, which is why this election has been so, well, it looked like the Aldi version of the US, uh, you know, debates the other night on TV, didn't it? It really did. And you think if our politicians can't even be nice to each other, why should we be? <laughs> and so I wonder if the gospel saying, the gospel can dial down the heat on this because in the end, the gospel saying, when it, when it says in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, it isn't just universalizing every person in the world. It's saying Jew and Gentile. Those who think they're on the inside running and those who are not on the inside running, and especially those who this lot know aren't on the inside running. The mm. gospel's the great leveller, mm. and, and I think that's important to remember, that mm. uh, as we come into every conversation, uh, it'll bleed through our conversation, our stance towards that other person, whether we despise them or whether mm. we see them as someone who I really want them to have the same hope that I have because any other hope is going to let them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just tone and stance comes from that, I think, as much as anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's something else I'm interested in from that answer. Like the way that I've been seeing you talk about this stuff, like uh, there's a relaxedness to the way that you talk about these things that kind of essentially put Christians in a hot seat, right? Like, mm. So how has that been good news to you personally? Can you answer that? I don't mean yeah. to put it on the spot. No, no, it doesn't put me on the spot because it's, it's something people have pointed out that I'm fairly realistic about where it's headed hmm. and people saying, oh, you just, you know, uh, the, just the sky's falling, the sky's falling. So, no, 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 this is the direction it's going. But I don't think we need to fret because fretting will push you into fear mm. or despair, right, or anger. Mm. You're mm. going to do one or the other. You're going, yeah. no, the gospel, it, it, because of who Jesus is and what he's done, because of the church and the nature of our relationship to Christ and who, how we relate to him by the power of the Holy Spirit, that gives you a, it dials down the heat for you. It dials down the heat that this Saturday that somehow an election will sort out your future. 
for uh, immediate future. That's not true. Whatever mm. happens, God's mm. in control of that. So mm. I think I'm able to name things realistically without becoming, without going too far with it, but mm. also just going, but I, it, it doesn't phase me at one level. I get a little bit clear. I'm very clear about it and I'll push back if people push back. But I'm going, in the end, I'm not frantic about this. It's mm-hmm. just it, it's just the way it is. And, and God will keep us in the midst of this. And, uh, and I think there's enough cracks in people's lives who uh, aren't Christian to say there's enough cracks that some light will get through in some places. And my wife is a clinical psychologist and her offices are booked out mm. because with um, the product of the last 50 years of, uh, you know, the West's uh, self-improvement project, Mm-hmm. <laughs> which ain't working. And you know, the people mm-hmm. she sees, one cohort she sees the most of are 20-year-old or 22-year-old young women from private schools who were told they can be anything and do anything they want when they leave school. And at 22, they're pulling that lever and it's not quite working. Mm-hmm. And they're going, I was promised all this package and it hasn't delivered what's going mm-hmm. on. So at the same time, we're saying the church has got all these issues. Let's Let's just take a step back and say, there's a lot, you know. There's a mental health crisis in Australia, mm-hmm. in in a time, the safest time in history to live in the Western world and to be, you know, here now, the richest, safest time in the world, and we're absolutely anxious. Yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a big question. Yeah, yeah. Chris, did you want to add anything on that? Uh, does it ring true? Does it ring true with what you're experience? Like you, okay. Let me ask you, Inner North. Yeah, sure. You know, my experience. My kids went to a government school and mm-hmm. up till year seven, and um, yeah, there was a. I felt like the conversations at the school gate over the six or seven years that we were there for each kid, mm. uh, it ramped up in as they got through the stages of life, life just looked more complex and more difficult for most people, regardless mm-hmm. of their socioeconomic setting. It felt like mm. there was a deep anxiety. Yeah. Would that be in or north? Oh, yes, uh, very much so, I think. And and so, which is interesting because, uh, it, you know, there's people who represent or or live the very thing that many christians fear it's a it's a thing right it's just a Hmm. um how do you i feel like i i don't need to fight anything there or go like there's a just how do we love these people well how do we listen to them how do we share of ourselves and what we've found in jesus because i mean that's the thing you know we find not only and this is for me what carries me through in the inner north with some degree of like I'm not, I'm not worried. Actually, um, I, I we're, we're not just, I'm not just seeing clearly, and I'm, I'm less of a, an expert on the trends socially, but I'm, I'm in a sense living it interpersonally in our family, um, and, and I so, I, so I see it and feel it, and I, I don't, but I'm not particularly worried. I kind of, I, I almost quite like the challenge to go well, the ways I learnt to express my faith and invite people to consider. Christ and and see how good he is that worked when I was at university I need to I need to find new ways now and that's I'm I don't know maybe I'm a bit weird, perverse or something I just I think that's kind of fun that's, <laughs> that's great that's what it, and no one else is going to do it like it's our generation and and then our mm. kids so I'm not waiting around for someone to figure that out for me we're just trying to do it and and I get I get to do it because a Christ gave me a great example of this. You started with First Peter two and his not reviling, mm. and 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 yet mm. even better news than that. In in the end of First Peter, he he doesn't just give us an example. He doesn't doesn't just show us how to be. 
he he actually actively rescues us by his wounds we're healed like yeah. sheep we were going astray and now is sure. we've been brought back to the, the shepherd, shepherd and overseer yeah. and and he he walks alongside us and is with us in that and i got every confidence in him i mean he, he defeated death i think he can handle, <laughs> yeah, handle, the, that. Yeah. He handle <laughs> the inner north right yeah uh, and well so, yeah they're yeah they're close to each other they're a postcode away from each other <laughs> no look i think that's that's true i, I read through the book of acts again and again and mm. I go, it seems like it, it just feels like the imminence of jesus to the people's lives was amazing and it feels yeah. exciting and i feel like yeah i feel like i want to recapture some of that mm. insurgency feel and that's probably the issue right it's better to be the insurgent who than it is to be the person who's holding the citadel because if you're holding right. the citadel yeah. you've got to go into uh, defense mode all the time mm, mm. and that's the culture at the moment it's yeah, putting yeah, up yeah. legal defenses here there and everywhere it's putting up psychological defenses because it's got to protect this thing yeah, yeah, and we're going yeah. what if we're the insurgents and to flip it takes mm. some of the heat out of yeah. us having to be um entitled i think yep. and i think yep. part of our not niceness is we've we've become a little bit entitled we've got to be careful yeah. with that yes yes uh, so and i think that's a critical issue for mm, us mm. and look you know for for me it's it, it's going to be uh, you live in a world which is, a, as Carl Truman says, it's a psychological age. Everything is viewed through the lens of, you know, look inside yourself, your authenticity, and somehow we're surprised at the, mm-hmm. the, the trans issues coming to the fore. Uh, the I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I am this. I mean, hello, that's the water we're swimming in. Mm. And so the task for us as Christian leaders is to say to our people Monday to Friday, I want to help you navigate what it feels like in that hostility mm. because being in ministry now is the easy gig, isn't it? Mm. It feels like mm. Monday to Friday in a law firm in Sydney is probably a little bit more bracing for the average Christian than working in a church in, yeah. you know, in Sydney, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Sydney Hotsiders is an Adelaidean, a Melbourneian, and a, and a, a Perthling. I call us Perthlings. <laughs> We're just ganging hey. up on them. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm new to Adelaide. Three months. I've been oh, here. Right. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling what it's like to not live in one of the big two cities right now. There's a lot of references here about mm-hmm. Melbourne and Adelaide. But, I, I, but even within that, like. You're talking about the inner north. You're talking about sort of like cutting edge, sort of where this is felt most secular in its sense, right? Mm-hmm. My experience, and coming from the fluffy white suburbs of Melbourne in the eastern suburbs <laughs> to the fluffy white northern suburbs of Adelaide, uh, I think there's as much need for what we're talking about right here, in maybe right. more in right. like in these Christian cultures where we're sort of, where I think people are feeling that anxiety. I think people are mm-hmm. feeling that, mm-hmm. and we need. I hear what you're saying and I go, I'm glad you're saying it because personally, and this is coming as a pastor, you know, I want to do that for people. I want that. But even for myself, I want to rest in that, that I'm not mm. just speaking from, here's some thoughts on culture and where we're at, you know, uh, but actually this is who I am. This is who I yeah. am. I found my rest in Christ. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and you, you know, like not even death can phase me because um, like what you're saying, he's died for us. Therefore, mm. what else is there? What else is yeah. there? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that's the liberty of that, isn't it? But that uh, perhaps in the next 20 years that all oh, those Christians are this, that, and the other, but gee, you know, look how they live. And the, there was an old Bundaberg rum ad of some the Bundaberg bears having a great time in a pub in the corner and there's uh, these other 
old geezers drinking their pint going, those bears look like they're having a good time. <laughs> and it's like you kind of want to be the bears that look like you're having a good time, yeah. even if people say, I don't agree with what they say, but there's something, oh, gee, that wouldn't, yeah. if they didn't believe all that stuff, it still looks good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and that's, I mean, the challenge of that is, you know, for someone who a lot of my job is training people to give good answers, hmm. Even even if you could have the perfect answer that sort of changes the challenges the frame of reference and is really cuts through and people are still gonna you're gonna need that longer term wow they look like they're having a good time time those those weird minority mm. strange group yeah. but and hmm, they seem to love each yeah. other well and forgive and not be as you know yes they experience all the things we experience the mental health stuff and yet they handle it with a there's something different there Um, yeah yeah. and look and i think that's you know douglas murray in his book madness of crowds talks about the lack of forgiveness in the culture that's the one place it's scary Mm. i think well if you're the if we're the one community left that shows what forgiveness looks like and i and perhaps you've got to take a few licks there we haven't always done that exceptionally Mm -hmm. well and so sure that that's one of the one of the issues that i think we have to address but Mm. yeah you do what gener- There's been no golden age of the church in some respects either, really, has there? I mean, read mm-hmm. church history. Mm-hmm. But, so you've got to, to realise it's always coming back to that same issue. It's just that the presenting culture comes from different perspectives, I think. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That goes. Mm. Mm. Well, I reckon that's a good spot to finish on. We've, we've found our rest in Christ and now there's a little bit of application there. What is that actually? How do we, we live that out? That's really good. Uh, really great. Uh, what a fantastic chat. I feel like we could keep going, going, going. There's so much to talk about here. Mm. Thanks so much, Steve, for being part of the chat with us, part of the conversation. It's been great. Just loved having you on. Thank uh, you. If people want to buy Being the Bad Guys, they can go onto Amazon or local Christian book shop. Is that right? You can. Or go and see the movie. No, 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 no. That's fine. <laughs> It's by someone else. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, yeah. thanks for being here. Chris, thanks for the chat. As always, oh, a pleasure. You. Really good. Thanks, mm. Nathan and Chris. Mm. been great. Mm. Well, that was our conversation. Thanks for listening, and we hope it helps you have conversations of grace too. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, see ya.